You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, Cal Thomas is a right-wing pundit, and the Prop 8 decision in California, Judge Walker's decision overturning Prop 8, declaring it unconstitutional, really doing what judges are supposed to do, which is interpret the Bill of Rights, protect minority rights against the tyranny of the majority, blah, 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 co-equal, third branch of government. He wrote a column after the Prop 8 decision claiming that America had lost its moral sense. I'm going to read a little bit from this column. We have been spiraling downward for some time, beginning in the 1950s with the playboy philosophy that gave men permission to avoid the bonds of marriage if they wanted to have sex. In rapid succession came the birth control pill, sex without biological consequences, no-fault divorce, cohabitation, easily available pornography, and a tolerance for just about anything except those who deem something intolerable. Such persons are now labeled bigots when once they were thought to be the pillars of society. A nation, he concludes, that loses its moral sense is a nation without any sense at all. Now, it has all really been downhill since the 1950s. We really had moral sense then. We also had Jim Crow, segregation, lynchings, redlining, poll taxes. Pillars of society could beat and rape their wives without fear of prosecution. Women risked their lives to obtain back alley abortions. I guess dying from an illegal abortion was just one of those biological consequences that helped women maintain their moral sense when it came to sexuality. Smart and ambitious women were regulated to secretary pools and then handed Valium prescriptions and incarcerated with their children in the suburbs. Anti-Semitism was respectable pastime still, and gay people, of course, could be harassed, fired, and murdered with impunity. Those were the days. We've really lost our moral sense since about the 1950s, haven't we? But I didn't want to harp on gay marriage again. I've been harping on gay marriage at the top of the show for weeks. Now let's give it a rest. Let's harp on easily available pornography. Porn is really, I think, if it's produced in a responsible way, using you know, with consenting adults as performers and technicians and sound editors and cameramen, and also produced independently, amateur, online, people posting their own shit, showing off their own junk, I think it's all good. I think it's so good. Can you feel the plug coming? Are you in position? Are you lubed? Here comes the plug. I think porn is so good that we have an amateur porn contest here at The Stranger, my home paper in Seattle, called Hump. And if you're making amateur porn, and really who isn't making amateur porn, just think. You can enter Hump with a five-minute amateur porn opus and potentially win $2,500 and definitely piss off Cal. It's been downhill since the 1950s. Thomas in the process. Go to the stranger dot com slash hump for info about entering my world famous amateur and locally produced porn contest your calls after this today's love cast is brought to you by get std tested one phone call can hook you up with confidential same day std testing at home testing and other services that take the hassle out of getting yourself checked out call 888-387-1879 for more info this episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com, where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle. To receive 50% off most any item, plus three adult DVDs, plus an extra gift, plus free shipping, visit adamandeve.com and enter SAVAGE at checkout. Hi, Dan. My name is Julia. I'm a 25-year-old straight female. 
Um, I, my boyfriend of two years has recently been fired from his job. His complete lack of backup plans is becoming a huge strain on our relationship. Um, he was possibly looking at going back to school and was all set to do that. However, he didn't really do the homework to determine how much, in fact, culinary school would cost. So that's been put off. Um, it's straining for me because I'm watching him. I feel like I'm just watching him drown. He doesn't seem to be doing anything beyond passively looking for jobs. I feel like I'm stuck. I don't, I love him, but at the same time, this is adding a lot of stress to my life. We're not married. We don't have children. We don't live together. You know, I don't have to stick with him. And a big part of me wants to run, but the other part of me kind of thinks, you know, okay, this is real life and you can't, you can't run. You have to deal with it. And so I'm trying to stick by and deal with it, but it's just, seems to be stagnant and I'm really struggling with what to do. You're 25 years old. If you don't love this guy, if you don't want to be with him, break up with him. You can't spend the next five decades of your life pity fucking this dude. It may seem like you're kicking him while he's down and perhaps you are and you should attempt to handle it maybe in the most gentle, loving, supportive possible way that you can. But it's legitimate really not to dump him for, you know, being unemployed. A lot of people are unemployed right now and it sucks and a lot of people are sad and depressed about it. But that he's not doing anything about it, that he's not getting his shit together, that he's just wallowing four or five months in. Those are signs not that, you know, my boyfriend is unemployed and therefore I should break up with him. Those are signs that your boyfriend doesn't have his shit together. And that's legitimate grounds for dumping someone. Part of what you look for in a partner over the long term is someone who's not going to go to pieces and fall apart every time there's a life crisis, major or minor. And he's proving at this juncture in his life that he's not mature, stable, or secure enough to roll with these fucking punches and do what needs to be done and get his shit together. And if not, you know, get his ass into culinary school or whatever, at least demonstrating to you that he's handling this, that he can handle this, that he can stand up to the pressure of life and the shit that comes your way. You know, what if you were together for 10 years and you had a major medical crisis or he did? Is he just going to wallow and fall apart? If his behavior now at this juncture in his life is any indication, probably. And that may be, again, that is grounds for a dumping. That is cause. So if that's what you want to do, do it. When I was in college, my roommate was uh, fairly effeminate, and um, I'm relatively certain gay. Um, at the time, I was fairly conservative. I am now what I would call a, uh, you know, a, I don't know, I think it's a two on the Kinsey scale, but essentially uh, mostly uh, heterosexual with some you know, bisexual leanings. Um, I don't think I would ever really be happy in a you know long-term relationship with a guy um, simply from uh, don't uh, see the conflicts and don't enjoy it. I, you know, my wife and I laugh because I don't find guys attractive. I never catch myself you know, looking at guys. It's always girls and things. But I'm you know quite all right with a little uh, touching and playing around and 
uh, and certainly open to that. So anyway, the point being, we got into a fight, my roommate and I, in college, and I made a pretty hateful comment um, and, and uh, called him a fag. And when talking about it, and I felt bad about it, but at the same time, my wife and I were talking, and I said, I don't think that it was necessarily because I was a bigot or because I was, you know, cared. I just was trying to hurt him. It was I was angry with him. I was angry at what he was doing, and so I was selecting what wording I knew would hurt him. And I just kind of want to get your take on that, and that, I, you know, should we brand all, all crimes hate crimes type concept? I, I, I realize to rise to that level, it's a big deal. But what if sometimes you're, you say something rude and crude and socially unacceptable that it would indicate a bigotry, Maybe it's not there. Is that possible, or am I full of crap and my mom and my uh, wife's right? This is really what Facebook is for. Look the dude up, send him an apology. That should be your first order of business. Was it a hate crime? No, no, it was not a hate crime. What you said was hateful. It was hurtful. It was malicious and unkind, but it really wasn't a hate crime. Hate speech, hate crimes—they target a group. Of people, They're, The intent is to terrorize the group by singling out an individual from that group as a representative for all the people in that group and doing violence to that person as a way of sending a message, burning a cross on an African-American family's lawn. That is a hate crime. It is a crime against that individual African-American family, but it's also a crime against all African-American families because it makes them all feel insecure and threatened. That's how it works. You tossing fag in the face of your effeminate roommate in college really didn't impact all gays and lesbians everywhere. It wasn't a message you were sending to all gays and lesbians everywhere. And I don't think it was motivated by hate. I think it was motivated by uh, your own anxiety at the time about your unresolved bisexual desires. You were projecting a bit. You were throwing at him something that displeased you about yourself or that you weren't comfortable about in yourself, which was your own desire to suck some cock. So I'm exonerating you on the condition that you jump on Facebook, look the dude up, and send him a note of apology. Concerned that you might have a sexually transmitted disease? Want to talk over your options without going to a doctor's office? Get STD Tested offers physician-connected STD testing, including same-day STD testing, at-home testing kits, free doctor consultations, online prescriptions, and access to over 2,000 local centers. Get STD Tested also has several exclusive home STD testing products delivered to your home. If you're looking for fast, accurate, and confidential testing, call one of their professional and compassionate reps today at 888 387 1879. Again, that number is 888-387-1879. Hi, Dan. Uh, my name is Monica, and I'm a 21-year-old girl from Boulder, Colorado. I've got something that I need to ask you. Uh, none of my girlfriends seem to have any sort of advice for me, so we thought we'd turn to you. Uh, I recently started seeing this guy who is really great. I think I really like him. And we've gone out two or three times. Um, and last night we had sex for the first time. And everything was going good. But um, slowly but surely, he started whimpering with each 
thrust. And I mean, I consider myself to be I'm pretty vocal while having sex, but this was not your run of the mill oh gods or oh yeses. It was like straight up kicking the puppy, whimpering. And I just was there so uncomfortable because I just couldn't believe that it was happening. It seemed like something from a movie and it wasn't real. So we finished up and um, I got over it enough to the point that I stayed the night. And uh, when we woke up in the morning, he initiated sex again. And I went with it because I'm not going to pass that up, I suppose. And um, this time, not only was there whimpering, but it was accompanied by possibly the worst sex faces I have ever been witness to. And uh, so the faces coupled with the whimpering was just too much for me. Um, I mean, we finished, he finished. Um, I, I don't want to be a shallow bitch here. But, I mean, I couldn't come because it was so distracting. And so I guess my question to you is just do you have any advice? Is this the type of thing that I can ask him about? Because I feel like it's in a different realm of than, like, a bad kisser where you can say, I prefer, I like being kissed this way. This is, I feel like, maybe out of his control. And, or is this the type of thing where I'd have to just get over it and deal with it if I like him and want to be with him? And am I a shallow bitch if this is a deal breaker? Assuming he's roughly your age, 20, 21, perhaps not sexually active for very long, perhaps not sexually active with the right people, people who would give him a little constructive criticism, necessary feedback he may not be aware that he's making these sounds. Up to this point in his life, most of his sex has been solo, all by himself. It didn't matter what he sounded like or looked like. Well, now it matters because here you are. You're this girl, this girl he digs, this girl he wants to initiate sex with more than once. And you're not coming and you're having second thoughts about seeing him again because of the whimpering and the horrifying sex faces. So you have to ask yourself, Put yourself in his shoes and say, what, what would be worse? Being dumped for no reason that you could tease out and being left to wonder what the fuck you did wrong and then moving on to the next girl with the same whimpering and horrifying sex faces and having it happen all over again or just hearing straight out, look, I like you and nice dick and it's fun fucking you, but the whimpering and the faces, you have got to rein that shit in and just – Say it. The worst that can happen is he's going to dissolve into a puddle and you're never going to see him again. The best that can happen is he could go, oh, shit, really? Oh, what am I doing? And then you just have to, like, when he starts to do it during sex, in a way that doesn't call off the sex. Like, if he starts to do it during sex, you don't go, all right, uh, get off me. Uh, All you have to do is he starts to do it sex, you go, don't do that. Keep fucking me, but don't do that. Don't make that sound. Keep fucking me. It's just the same thing you do with biters baby talkers, people who do shit that they can stop or maybe they think is sexy because they've been misled. You know, you just seem to gently nudge them, not push the 
scramble out from under their nuclear button, but just gently nudge them away from this behavior and incentivize better noises, better faces by continuing to fuck them once they knock off the ugly noises, ugly faces. You know, you do – you can say to somebody who's a bad kisser that I like being kissed in this way to pull them off of the way that they do kiss. Instead of making it an I statement, not like something they're doing wrong but something that they're doing that doesn't work for you and maybe they could do it this other way that works for you. You can also say – just like you say, I like to be kissed this way. You can say, I like to be fucked by people who aren't whimpering like kick dogs. Here's sounds you could make, things you could say. It's within your rights. There are people out there who do like being fucked by people who whimper like dogs. Go to Xtube and just search puppy play. I dare you. So maybe, you know, his last girlfriend, that was her thing. She had him on a leash and drinking out of a dish on the floor and whimpering like a dog when he fucked her. Because that worked for her, but it doesn't work for you. And you need to tell him. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm a 33-year-old woman calling from New York. And I'm calling because uh, I've been seeing this guy for a couple of months, and uh, everything's been going really well. He's 38 and divorced, but that's fine with me. We've been um, getting progressively closer. It started out kind of casual, but, you know, we've been um, getting to have more strong feelings for each other. And a couple of weeks ago, there's a couple things going on now. One is that a couple of weeks ago... um, we started, he started seeming kind of distant and we had this weird back and forth where we both sort of reiterated that we wanted to take things slow and we weren't really sure how fast we wanted to get into something serious. And um, uh, we decided to keep things going the way they were, but we both sort of felt weird. And um, about a week ago, after about two weeks of that, we realized that we were both kind of playing it cool because we thought the other didn't want anything more serious, but we actually both kind of did. So after we had that discussion, um, things started to feel really great again. And then last night, um, he seemed kind of distant again, and uh, I asked him what was going on. It turns out it's this this thing that he had told me about, but um, I had uh, agreed to not deal with it right now, but it keeps bothering him, uh, which is that before he met me, um, he had made plans with this girl um, from Belgium to come that he met on vacation three years ago, and I don't know what, and they've kind of had feelings for each other all this time, but nothing ever happened. And so they made this plan for her to come stay with him for three weeks in October. They made this plan like six months ago before he met me, and now he doesn't know what to do. I kind of, if he were to tell me, you know, I need you to let me see where this goes. I, is this something I have to explore, blah, blah, blah. I could possibly deal with that, but he's really not okay with that. He's really sort of like, oh, this is just unfair to you because I have such strong feelings for you. I don't know what to do. And, you know, if that's the case, I, you know, I told him he needs to make a decision. Hello. He can either tell her to revise her expectations of this trip or he can tell me to revise my expectations of this relationship. I really care about this person, and I really think that there's a future there, and I think that he'd be an idiot to throw away this very real thing that he has with me for this fantasy. But um, I don't really know what to say. Listening to your call until the very end, what I was thinking 
was if he can do this, if this woman can come for a visit and he can explore, you know, whatever it was that they may have had or just have the capstone fling to that affair that might, you know, put a little bow on it and call it a, a day and still have you in the end, you know, if you could step back, let him do what he needed to do and then step back in, you might just want to let him do it. You might not want to make it a choice between you and this other woman or you and this experience. He's divorced. He's playing the field. He's only been seeing you for six months. People didn't used to date exclusively right out of the gate. But it sounds, you know, at the end of the call, when you start to cry and our hearts go out to you, it doesn't sound like your affections for him could survive uh, what you clearly regard as an emotional betrayal. That him asking you to make yourself scarce for three weeks while this woman comes for a visit would be obviously so shattering emotionally that you couldn't stay in this relationship. You have to tell him that. That may be, you know, a little scary because you fear that if you tell him that, then he may dump you. Right? That's usually what people are afraid of when they don't want to just come out and say X, Y, or Z. But you should want him to dump you under those circumstances. If he's not willing to tell this woman that things have changed and she can't come for a visit, then he's made his choice and you're not it. But you have to tell him, honestly, what the stakes are here. And the stakes are he can have you or he can have this woman come and stay with him for three weeks. He can have that visit. But he can't have both. And then you have to live with the consequences of the decision that he ultimately gets to make. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs plus a free extra gift plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. I am a uh, 24-year-old lesbian living in Philadelphia. Philadelphia. And... Uh, I am also uh, quite kinky, and more specifically, I have a fetish for hypnosis, and more specifically than that, uh, the idea of being hypnotized. Um, I ha This has been like the bulk of my sexuality for pretty much as long as I can remember, long before you know I knew I liked girls, uh, and yet, uh, you are the first person that I am saying this to out loud, so congratulations. Uh, I've always been pretty fine with it, um, when it's just, you know, me in my bedroom by myself at night, uh, watching porn, which is really just YouTube clips of people being hypnotized. Um, but I'm kind of starting to date now, and so I'm coming up against the idea of coming out as being kinky and as having this specific fetish and I have no idea how to do that. It really, really terrifies me. Uh, I'm seeing someone, we had sex once, it was nice, uh, I didn't get off, but you know, I had a good time, but it was almost completely mitigated by just feeling totally insecure in bed because I'm just constantly thinking about this in the back of my mind. I'm pretty sure that she's kink friendly. But I, they're just 
all these things that, you know, other than the obvious fear that prevent me from wanting to bring it up. It sounds ridiculous to my own ears to say it out loud. I feel like I can't make a confession with a straight face. Uh, I don't know what I would actually want to do in bed because it's not like she's going to be a qualified, experienced hypnotist. Uh, I don't know if, you know, role play is something that I would be interested in because I've never tried it. I've never said this to a partner before. And, yeah, it's... It's not exactly, you know, a common knowledge fetish where, you know, I say, oh, I want to be tied up. And she says, oh, yeah, I totally know what you mean. Uh, No, I think it's going to come with an explanation and be awkward. And I just don't know if I can bring myself to do it. So I don't know what kind of advice I'm looking for. Maybe just a pep talk would be great. Uh, Thanks, Dan. You know, life's too short. For bad sex or for wasting your time yeah. <laughs> hemming and hawing about telling your partner about your kinks. Especially, when, you know, you don't want to shit in her mouth. This is just friendly, fun role play. And don't feel like you can't laugh while you talk about this. It is a little ridiculous. But you know what? So's kind of lingus. So's a lot of things that people aren't as self-conscious about because a lot of people like to do it. But, you know, all, we all look ridiculous having sex and we feel a little ridiculous afterwards and talking about it makes us feel like we have to laugh to release attention. So go ahead and laugh while you tell your partner that you have this crazy fun fetish. And again, as I've always said, roll it out like a Christmas present. Don't roll it out like a cancer diagnosis. This isn't something she, you know, has to do. This is something she gets to do. You're so much more fun and interesting in bed than she even probably knew when she asked you out. Uh, that's all a lot easier said than done. Well, and, you mean, know what? It's just like coming out as a lesbian. Well, I, how hard yeah, was that? I how mean, hard was I, that to say the first time you said it? Uh, very, very. But at the this same time, can't I did be harder. Sit down this, and do it seriously. Well, but this, I did, you know, I did sit down, and I, that was like a serious cancer statement. So, I, <laughs> right. Well, this like this can't be thing this do. can't be harder than the cancer I have. You know, I have lesbian cancer. <laughs> this can't be more difficult. This can't be a higher bar to clear. This is why gay people and lesbians are usually so much calmer and more at ease about their kinks. Is because, you know, once you've told your parents you suck dick, like telling your boyfriend <laughs> that you're into hypno fetish is really low stakes. Uh, and you and you, you have to understand. Yeah. You have to understand your fetish as being on the continuum with bondage. It is just mental bondage. It's the same sort of power games. That's, that's true. That regular BDSM yeah. is. And a lot of people who are into BDSM are also into hypnosis. It's sort of like its own little rivulet of that stream mm-hmm. of very that's common that. sex stuff. So go lay in some hypno porn, watch it with her, laugh, let her laugh, and then dive in. All right, all right. I'll, I'll let you know if I go through with it. And, you know... People who have kinky sex or have had a lot of kinky sex who, you know, wanted to have it and then have gone off and had it. Before you start having kinky sex, everyone thinks that, you know, everyone's very sort of dour and maintains a straight face and nobody laughs. Mm -hmm. And that's just not true. And that's not true of regular sex either. So you can't let yourself Mm -hmm. be paralyzed by the fear of somebody giggling. And if you can't tell the person that you're in bed with what you want to do in bed, what are you doing in bed with that person? I know. Uh, do you do you say it like in the middle of things or? No, you don't. You prove. I, I think ahead of time. when you have a crazy, fun, 
Christmas present kink. I think, you know, the first few times if you're dating a new partner, the first few times you prove that you're really good at this vanilla sex stuff and you like it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you start asking, you know, what are your kinks? What are your fetishes? I have a fun one. I have a crazy one. You tell me yours and then I'll tell you mine. Mine's going to blow your mind. Okay. And then you just, you roll it out over drinks. I can. But I you can don't do a dark night of the soul, like crying on her shoulder <laughs> in the back of the U-Haul <laughs> bullshit. Uh, it, it's just it's just also hard because um, you know coming out had practice you know there were practice runs and I did a lot and I got used to it and well here's your practice run just, you just came out tell me that you I'm not gonna say this to you know you just said it to everybody family. listening to the podcast oh but that's all anonymous <laughs> sort of but it's a good practice it's a good trial run you came out to me and the tech savvy at risk youth and now all the listeners about your fetish yep. Uh, yep. Hi, everyone. Thanks. <laughs> and, you know, if what you're worried about is gossip, don't give a shit. Don't, who cares? Who cares? Yeah, so she tells no, everybody, so she tells her friends, <laughs> so what? So what? Yeah. Yeah. Own the things that turn you on. I will try. And be proud, you know, if not of the things that turn you on, be proud of your agency and your bravery and being able to put it out there and not being ashamed of your kinks any more than you're ashamed of your sexuality. All right. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I'll go for it then. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to snap my fingers and you're going to come to, and then you're going to go for it. Okay. All, All right. right. <laughs> Have a good time. Thank you. You're 24. You. Don't waste your whole life. Yeah. Hesitating. Right. Don't I, hesitate. I <laughs> go for it. Get what you want. Enjoy it. If she's not in, like, if she's not into it, if she freaks out and runs because she can't handle kink, you mm-hmm. won't be satisfied with her as a partner over the long term. That's, that's definitely true. So if it scares her off, good. And if it doesn't, right. Yahtzee. Okay. Have fun. Good luck. Um, hey, Dan. I'm calling regarding my father. Um, my stepmom has this weird paranoia about her that she thinks she's my dad is fucking other women, I think all the fucking time. Um, My dad, for a job, um, teaches tennis, so um, women aren't exactly dressed the most conservatively. Um, And, I mean, she just has this insane jealousy. Um, She's extremely controlling. Um, As in just the other day, she was going to a job interview, and um, my dad asked well, what are you going to the job interview for? He wanted to know some about it. And then she flipped out. Um, and my dad said, well, do you know how much shit you give me all the time? And then she said, well, I'm not going to meet, you know, women in small tennis skirts. Well, no, you're not, bitch. You're going to meet a super rich guy who's going to give you a job. Um, but that's beside the point. Um, what should I do next time that happens? Should I step in and say, hey, this isn't fair to treat my dad like this? They've been married for a long time and it, it's been going on for almost as long as that, and I'm I'm kind of just fed up with it. Should I step in, or should I just get the fuck out of the house when I turn 18 like I'm planning anyway? Your dad and your stepmom's bullshit little drama really doesn't concern you. And you're almost to the finish line, 18 and out of the house. Keep your eyes on that. Keep your eye on the finish line. You do have a right, however, to say, hello, your bullshit... Fighting about cheating is 
tedious and tiresome and annoying and could you save it for when I'm not fucking in the room? You can make it an I statement. I am a 17-year-old. I don't like to think about my parents having sex with each other or with anyone else and the mental images you guys saddle me with when you have this bullshit, never-ending argument are traumatizing me. And then hopefully they'll knock it the fuck off. But, you know, probably not. Not if they've been having this fight for a decade plus. There's probably not a lot you can do to head it off at the past. Should you come to your father's defense? Not your role. And how would you know if he's sticking it in other women? Hey, Dan. Uh, this is a 22-year-old gay guy. Um, just calling the question. I dated a girl for four years uh, from high school through college and um, recently, well, came out to her about a year and a half ago. Um, she didn't take it very well, uh, didn't speak to me for about a year. Um, and I guess in the last few months, we've been sort of slowly kind of rebuilding a friendship, uh, long distance. I live far away, I'm kind of online. Anyway, um, I'm going to be going home uh, where she is uh, in the next couple of weeks here. And she's invited me to a college graduation party. Uh, and um, it will be the first time since coming out uh, that I'll have to face her family, her extended family, um, and have them know uh, that I'm big old Mo. So, um, you know, I obviously forged some important relationships with them growing up. Uh, they were there for me when my parents sort of weren't. Um, and so I'm sure there's a certain amount of scandal involved in my coming out. And I know that she uh, has taken some time to kind of heal from uh, you know, this is the whole the kind of the bombshell that I dropped on her. Um, so I guess my question is, uh, should I go to this graduation party um, and face this extended family? Um, I'm sure they'll be polite to me, but I just don't know if there's enough, I guess, to be gained from that uh, for either of us. Um, I'm not sure if she's inviting me to be polite, if she feels obligated, um, if I should give her the out. Um, anyway, I'd love to know what you think. Um, uh, love the podcast. Do you think she's inviting you to be polite? You know, um, I actually talked to her about this uh, kind of recently. Um, and it seems like um, she's doing it almost because she likes the drama, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Um, like she enjoys the, I guess, the thrill of having me there because it's kind of exciting, <laughs> um, which I'm surprised didn't occur to me before. So she wants there to be some sort of conflict or fireworks at this party? I think so. I, I almost think that she wanted, I should never admit to that, but I mean, just our history, I mean, as a couple, I mean, she never really avoided awkward situations like that in the past. I think she kind of enjoy, enjoys those those sort of awkward moments. So I don't mm. know, but but the truth is, I mean, I, I did ask her point blank and she's not shying me away. I told her, you know, I kind of invited her to disinvite me mm-hmm. um, to, to try and be polite. But um, she says that, you know, we'll figure it out when we get closer. Um, so I'm trying to figure out if it's if it's worth it at all. Well, if it makes you anxious, don't go. Yeah. But I don't think that you should avoid her family forever, especially if they were there for you when you had trouble with your you know own parents back in the day. You owe them something. At the very least, you do owe them some answers if they want right. to ask you some uncomfortable, awkward questions. Right. I don't well, think. I've just, th- I've just, I've, sorry, go ahead. I don't think they can blame you. Uh, a lot of young closeted gay men are told that they're supposed to suppress their true sexual natures and find girls they like and try to wrest themselves away from the cock and get on the pussy. And 
those are cultural forces that are larger than you know you and you as a gay teenager didn't create those cultural forces that you right I, I hope they understand to. that you know I try to be very forthcoming with them since you know well at least I, that's my intention um, have you had any contact with, with her have you had any contact with them since coming out well it's funny because after about a year of no contact she did friend me on Facebook again and her mom saw that and sent me a really nice uh, nice message saying you know congratulating me on graduating from college and everything uh, which was great um, and that really actually helped a lot um, but I guess it's just the rest of the family uh, that I'm concerned about who I also care about um, and who I kind of feel like I've had like weird dreams like I, like I might have said I'm not sure if I said that or not but like dreams of confronting them and like facing up to this and, and saying my piece and, and having them understand it's kind of a kind of a thing that I really really would like confronting them? Well, not so much confronting them, just facing them and 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 saying what I have to say. Because I've always just had this fantasy of them hating me forever, and and, and I guess this sort of challenging that and and saying kind of what you just said. You know, I was young and I was figuring it out. And is there know, any way you, happened? Is there any way you could drop by for a convo, for a conversation, at least with mom, perhaps her dad too, if he's in the picture, before this party? Well, it's the day that I get there, <laughs> so it's not really. <laughs> well, then Which is you why can, I think yeah. You can have the conversation online. You can have the conversation on the phone. If you think that she's trying to gin up drama or her motives aren't pure and in inviting you to this, and her mother's already reached out to you, reach out to her mother and say, you know, I had a relationship with you guys, and I would like to still have a relationship with you right. and your family. And but I don't want it to be awkward. I don't want my presence to create a disruption that ruins this party for everyone. And so right. I'm happy well, not to come. Yeah, I think a lot of it too is that not the whole family knows. Like there are certain factions of the extended family that don't aren't that don't know. And I think that they will when I arrive. I think that in the year or so, I think I've because you're wearing your rainbow loop. tights. A little bit, yeah. I can't quite tame the flame like I used to. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not sure if I can pull it off. I'm not sure if I want to even try. Um, so yeah, there's that complication too. But you know, I think I think you're right. I'm just going to be very kind of forthcoming, and I hope to decide it when I get a little closer to see if it really feels right. And you know, in your shoes, I would go. And if it, if there's an ugly blow up, sometimes that shit happens, and sometimes yeah. that shit at the moment is horrible, and in the long run is for the good. Right. Boils are lanced. When and boils are lanced, think... ugly shit happens. <laughs> you know, and maybe and maybe your presence at this party as the guest of your ex-girlfriend is her will be interpreted by everyone else as a signal to them that if she's cool with you they should be cool with you right right i hope that that that, that turns out to be the case but at the very least <laughs> imagine some... at the very least call and have a conversation with her mother before you go oh boy <laughs> okay that's actually pretty good advice i should you, probably probably you, do that you do owe her an apology you think so mom yeah. Yeah, and your ex girlfriend. Just because well, I apologize profusely to her for sure. <laughs> well, apologize to mom too, because you know, just because you were being blown around by cultural forces and that you didn't create, you were still doing so. You have to take some responsibility for your own actions here, right. and you were right. uh, being deceitful because you thought you had no choice. And now you're making amends. Now you're telling the truth. And part of that is really in an instant, you know, a four year long relationship with someone that you couldn't possibly love, that you knew you couldn't love. Were you fucking other guys? 
Well, I mean, it was kind of, there were a couple breaks um, where she cheated on me and I kind of reacted by kind of finally exploring this, but I didn't, I didn't tell her uh, that I had done that in the interim periods. Um, and I did, I, I know I, and it sounds kind of strange, but I, I know part of me did love her and I've had relationships. I'm sure part of you did guy. love her, but you couldn't love her in the way that she assumed you could, otherwise no. you wouldn't have initiated the relationship in the first place. So no. apologize also explain hopefully they'll see that you're not wholly responsible for what happened but if they see that you're trying and reaching out I don't see how they could stay angry at you for very long if they're angry at you at all yeah I guess the worst is the worst possible thing is an awkward moment or two and I guess that's kind of what I what I deserve <laughs> at least <laughs> you know what awkward moments life is just a long series of awkward, mortifying moments that ends up at the crematorium. <laughs> well, I have, that, I have that to look forward to. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. Good luck. All right, take care. Hi, Dan. I'm just calling with a comment for the people that have been calling you to bitch about um, your feelings about monogamy on your podcast. I'm 23 years old. I'm from New York, and I'm probably the most monogamous person that I know. Um, I'd like to say that I think the idea that you're pushing a poly agenda is totally ridiculous. I don't understand what you would gain from that. But anyway, um, as I said, I'm probably the most monogamous person I know. I'm almost 24, and the last time I slept with someone other than the girl I'm seeing was when I was 18, even though she and I have had like extended and really difficult breakups in those six years. Um, but I'm just at the point where having sex with anyone other than her would feel totally wrong to me, and I'd hate myself. But anyway, like... I would be lying if I said that I didn't ever find women other than my partner attractive. I mean, I really wish that I didn't as a monogamous person. It would make my life a lot easier, but that's kind of the point of monogamy, I think. I've always thought that um, being monogamous and that being difficult was kind of the whole point of the gesture. Um, So anyway, those are my thoughts. I support you and... I don't really think that there's any reason for monogamous people to feel slighted by people that choose to live differently. Hi, Dan. I've been married for 15 years, and I'm a mom of two, and I had to respond to the caller from Podcast 197 who was worried about losing his erection while on a special weekend away with his wife. I thought your advice was exactly right as far as it went, but the thing that struck me about the caller was that perhaps the reason he was building this special weekend up so much in his mind is that he and his wife aren't having enough everyday sex. Obviously, things are more challenging when you have kids, and I don't know what his particular circumstances are, but I think he wouldn't be putting so much pressure on himself to perform on their weekend away if their sex life weren't hinging so much on being away. It is possible to have lots of sex, vanilla sex, kinky sex, slow sex, fast sex, while your kids are sleeping. But you have to make it a priority. You have to sometimes let the laundry go unfolded and the kids' lunches unpacked and maybe sacrifice some much-needed sleep and put sex at the top of the to-do list and not reserve it for special times when all the stars are perfectly aligned because really they never, ever are. Hi, Dan. I'm calling in response to um, the teacher who was thinking about having sex with her former student from episode 197. 
Um, and I'm calling to beg her not to do that. Please, 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 please don't do that, please. I am 24 now and was 21 at the time and had sex with one of my teachers, somebody who I loved and respected. Um, he came on to me. I was really emotionally vulnerable at the time and I miss him to this day. And uh, yeah, I wish that we hadn't done what we did. Um, I wish that I could still have that relationship with him and I wish that the emotional pain that I have in response to that incident didn't exist, but it does. So please don't make the mistake that I did. Please, please go find your sex somewhere else, not your former student. Thank you. Bye. Thank you very much for your calls and your comments. We're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number if you'd like to record a question or a comment for a future show. You download us every week at thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com where you can read the Savage Love Letter of the Day or you can have the Savage Love Letter of the Day delivered directly to your phone by going to the Apple Store and purchasing the Savage Love app for iPhone, also known as The Slab. And, of course, you read me every week, the original Savage Love column in alternative weekly newspapers across the United States and Canada, including the Eugene Weekly in Eugene, Oregon. 206-201-2720. Think about making some porn for us at thestranger.com slash hump. And me and the tech savvy at risk people will be back at you next week with another installment of Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.